Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on arseblog.com. Apologies that in the latter part of last year we were possibly a little bit slow um, in terms of podcasts and we didn't put out quite as many as we usually do, but we are absolutely making amends for that in January, not least because we will have podcasts on all of Arsenal's new signings this month and that will keep us busy, but also... Um, next week, by the time you're listening to this, probably we will have something pretty special for you from um, Arsenal, as many of you know, are changing the wrap around Emirates Stadium. There's going to be lots of representation for the women's team on that wrap, uh, and I'll be doing some stuff with the club around that as well. But probably even before that, we might even have another podcast on a new signing. But um, And I'll admit that Arsenal caught me a little bit on the hop with this because I was expecting an announcement on Monday. And in the interest of transparency, I was in the pub having a liquid lunch when I discovered that they would be be announcing this signing on Friday afternoon instead. So we brought the recording forward a little bit for you. But to discuss the signing of Victoria Palova from Ajax, absolutely nobody better to speak to than Anne-Marie Postma, who covers both the Netherlands national team and Ajax. Anne-Marie, welcome back to the show. Hi, Tim. Thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure. And by the way, this means that you uh, go to the top of the leaderboard with Susie Rack and Leah Williamson in terms of appearances on this podcast. So you're keeping pretty good company there. No way. That's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, if, if Arsenal will keep having lots of Dutch players, um, this is what's going to happen. But yeah. Um, Anne-Marie, very few uh, people, I think, will have the, site, the the sort of insight that you have on Victoria Pullover. So just as a starter for 10, maybe for people who know nothing about this player, who know a little bit about this player, what type of player are Arsenal signing in Victoria Pullover and what do you see as her best attributes? Well, she's a typical midfielder. Uh, you can basically put her anywhere on the midfield. She's uh, left. She can play with the left. She can play with the right. Uh, she's very good in the small spaces. So uh, with the ball uh, on her feet, she can turn around, turn around the defender. And then uh, because she thinks two, three steps ahead, she can give this. She can give the very sharp passes towards the forward players. Um, yeah. So I would say she's always. Um, fun to watch like yeah you'll get excited uh, for seeing her on the pitch uh, and she can surprise you Uh, you never know what she's gonna do Uh, so in that way it's it's, it's, yeah it's gonna be fun to see her play and she's getting more confident as well now at shooting at the goal um, because that I think I would say that would be more of a weak spot Uh, she doesn't score that many goals although this season, she played uh, eight games and she's already uh, scored three goals in them. So she is improving. Um, and I think that's also the one thing that she wants to uh, improve as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that's actually preempted my next question because I, I 
kind of had a very, very quick look at her stats. And it does look at the moment like she's more of a creator than a scorer, um, perhaps like like um, a few more. Well, actually, her, I think her headline kind of statistics are three goals and two assists, but that's from eight games, right? So yeah. that's not that bad. Would you say... I mean, looking at just what Arsenal have lost from their squad at the moment, Beth Mead is injured and Beth Mead does a lot of both. She does a lot of creating. She does a lot of scoring. Same with Jordan Nobbs, who's come out, Vivian Miedema, who's come out. And look, Victoria is not the only player coming in to replace these players. But do you get the feeling that there's there's more for her to do in front of goal? Is that the next step for her? I think it is. I mean, she she doesn't mind giving the assists. Let let me put it clear. Like she she likes to be that creative player that assists other people. Uh, so she's happy in that role. But the next step for her is to be more important than that, and she wants to be really important. Like every match she plays, she wants to be important. Uh, so that would mean the next step. Uh, yeah, is uh, more shooting and more scoring. Yeah. Yeah, and what I found interesting, you've referred to her as a midfielder. Uh, Jonas Eideval in the official announcement said, you know, she's a player that will bring dynamism to our midfield. And what's interesting about that is, of course, lots of Arsenal fans are looking at Beth Miedema and Vivian... Uh, Beth Miedema. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema. That, this is what I get for having three pints before uh, recording. <laughs> <laughs> Beth Mead and Vivian Mead. Obviously, Viv has taken on more of a creative role at Arsenal in the last year. She's moved back into that 10 role, but is still a very prolific scorer. Beth Mead, like these are Arsenal's two most prolific scorers and creators. Um, but, you know, you referred to her as a midfielder. Jonas has referred to her as a midfielder. From my relatively limited knowledge, I thought of her as like a 10 who can play wide. So do you think of her as a midfielder or as an attacker or potentially as both? Well, um, I I would say the early Victoria Pelova would, would be more of a 10 because she, she, Mm. she didn't, she didn't run that much in her early days. Like when she was young, I mean, I mean, she's 23. So when she was younger, I mean, by being 18 or 19, Uh, but now she, she really worked on her fitness, on her physique for the past few years. Um, and she became really strong and more, I would say, more complete. Um, so at this point, I would call her a midfielder because she has the physique to, to run forwards and then run back. And uh, when she's a little bit irritated and, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she just she keeps running until, she, like, she won't give up. And I think in the past you would see that, she did give up sometimes, um, you know, and, and now she doesn't. So, yeah, I would call her more like a midfielder. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because one of the things that Jonas has really brought to Arsenal is Arsenal have moved to being more of a, a pressing type team and, and maybe one of the reasons, you know, another player she might be replacing, Mane Iwabuchi. Um, I mean, I think it's significant that Palova always wears 23 Arsenal haven't announced a squad number for her at this stage and Mane Iwabuchi wears number 23. So I wonder if there's something going on there. But, but you know, really good players like Jordan and Mana, but perhaps haven't been able to do this kind of high-pressing style that Jonas likes. Do you think that Victoria Pelova would be able to do that in that role? Well, we saw it in a Dutch team last summer. Like, she she, she played more towards uh, Miedema. 
um, when when she was playing for the Netherlands. So uh, I, th I think she's she's capable of it. Um, yeah, as long being she's been giving the right yeah uh, instruction, uh, tell her what to do, and and she'll do it. Especially in a new team, like she's so motivated that um, I'm sure whatever he'll ask from her, uh, she'll do it. And and like I said, she has a lot of qualities like many she has the talent she has the skills um and now she has the confidence more than she used to have um so playing for a team like arsenal which is her big dream she even mentioned it after playing against arsenal for the champions league yep. um she, for it was actually for the first time she said she was a little bit disappointed that that her adventure uh, hadn't started yet uh, i i think uh, she was insinuating she w would have wanted to leave in the summer, uh, but then she chose to stay uh, with Ajax because she wanted to develop herself more. Um, but yeah, uh, she didn't make it a secret that it, it always has been her big dream to play for a big club like Arsenal. Um, so like I said, um, she's capable of many things and what he would ask from her, she'll do it. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously, I think um, I, I, when we played Ajax over in Amsterdam, I spoke to a number of our Dutch supporters who kind of said that, you know, as in men's football, it is in women's football that um, kind of big players in the Eredivisie that they're not going to stay there very long um, if they if they're you know if they're really really good players. And I wonder, I mean, she is twenty three years old, which given how long she's been around and how long she's been with the national team. That strikes me almost as quite late um, to be making this move. Do you think? Do you think? I mean, first of all, do you think she's ready for a move like this? Um, and and maybe how long has she been ready for a move like this? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, she she came to Ajax in 2019 from Ado Den Haag, so um, um, she's been playing in the Eredivisie for six years now, five six years. Um, but the thing is, like, she's got. Um, a lot of talent. She and, and she was pre presented uh, with Ajax as well as being the big talent, and at uh, same at the national team. Uh, but then she was so youthful, and, and she was so um, happy to be somewhere. If you know what I mean, like when she mm -hmm. went with the national team to the World Cup in France, um, she mentioned it often afterwards that it felt like a school trip to her. Like she was so happy just to be there. And um, she took that along with her, I think, a bit too long, too many years. And when I spoke to her about that, she said that, that she never felt like she belonged somewhere or she deserved to be somewhere. And that was the confidence mm -hmm. that I was mentioning. She, um, when she feels she belongs somewhere and she, she deserves to be there, you see the real Victoria Pelova. You see the... You see the yeah, the anger in her eyes, uh, the motivation, and and, and um, you see what she's capable of. And you saw it last summer at the Euros, where um, she thought she would have played more than she actually did because she was a substitute for Daniele van der Donk, who was recovering for the whole season. And um, when they were in England, she was yet another substitute, and she thought she would have played from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, Daniele van der Donk was back. Um, but it was the first time and I told her like, hey, now at least you feel you deserve to be at the first 11. Um, yeah. So I think that's 
what took her so long, and I think she admitted as well that uh, yeah, uh, if she would have that feeling from the beginning, I belong somewhere. I deserve to be to play for Ajax. I deserve to be in the national team. Uh, she would have made yeah the step earlier. But uh, yeah. this is the right moment for her now because now you you can see looking at her the the way she plays, the confidence that she's ready for it. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask about that, actually, how this fits in with her national team aspirations, because looking from a distance at Netherlands, for me, it looks like Netherlands are on the cusp of this kind of, they've got players. You mentioned Daniela van der Donk there. Yeah. I mean, the amount of talent Netherlands have concentrated in the same position, you know, Daniela van der Donk, Jules Roard, Vivian Miedema, all of whom played for Arsenal, by the way. And one of the problems I felt was that they all wanted to occupy the same yeah. space. You throw in Pelova as well. But then you've got, um, even going further back, there's there's like um, Domsalar as well. And Brit- like there just seems to be this young generation in the Netherlands team that's bubbling underneath yeah. that is now at the stage where they're thinking... No, we're not happy with it. It reminds me of that Gilles Raud interview, right? Where Gilles Raud used to wear number 12 for Netherlands. And she said, I don't want to wear that number anymore because I feel like number 12. I don't want to feel like number 12 anymore. And it feels to me like Pelova is part of this generation that perhaps, even though they don't wear the number 12, are thinking, I don't want to be number 12 anymore. And with Jonka coming in, um, you know, do you think there's something in that? Yes, of course. I mean, it's also bad luck because... If you look at the past few years, I mean, who is better than Daniela van der Donk at that position, right? So, um, but I would say, like, for the past year, I mean, aside from the horrible injury that Daniela van der Donk suffered, right? Um, Victoria Pelova, she felt this was this was her big opportunity. This was a chance she had to take. And she took it. She couldn't have done a better job than the way she played in absence of Daniela van der Donk. And that's how she felt. And then you're going to the Euros expecting to play from the beginning and you don't. So, um, yeah, it says something about the struggle within the team and bo- and as well for the coach. Because, I mean, w- would you say Victoria Pelova is better than Daniela van der Donk? Maybe not, but would she have fit in the team a little bit better at that point? Maybe yes, because she was in shape and she she was she had been playing all along. Um, so that's what's going on. And um, <laughs> I've said it before: I would not never want to be the head coach at this point because I, I wouldn't know which decisions to make. Um, so it's also a bit bad luck, but it's also the thrive, and I think that Pilova should push through it now with thinking I deserve to be on the pitch as much as Daniela van der Donk, no matter what other people say. Like, I hope she keeps thinking that and, and keeps taking the chances and uh, keeps performing the way she does. Um, with that with that said, um, I know she was a bit anxious to, to go abroad because she wants to keep her place in, uh, or she wants to fight for a place in the national team. So in that way, I'm a bit surprised that she's leaving in the middle of the season because um, she, she wants to play every match. And, and I, hope, I hope she will play every match for Arsenal. 
Uh, but what happens when 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 the injured players are coming back or or um, I mean, she, she needs to get used to the the high level in the women's super league in England. I mean, it's a huge difference with the Dutch level. Mm. A huge difference. And, you know, talking about her place maybe in the Netherlands team, do you think maybe she was, again, from my read as an outsider, things felt a bit rushed under Mark Parsons to this period because, like, he was coming out of Portland Thorns and there was an interim period and then he wasn't fully in charge. And I wonder whether he made expedient decisions. So you referenced Daniela Vanderdonk. I mean, if you haven't been in the role very long for full time, I mean, why wouldn't you rely on someone like Daniela Vanderdonk rather than, you know, blooding some youth? And Andreas Jonker, he, of course, used to be at Arsenal, uh, at Arsenal's men's as the academy director. And I really wonder whether Netherlands, uh, part of the reason that he was appointed was his really strong youth background and this strong kind of, um, uh, uh, kind of new generation of talent. So I wonder... You know, do you think maybe she was a little bit of a victim of circumstance of of Mark Parsons' quite short reign? Uh, yeah, she might be, because because he was, um, he 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 didn't know what to do. Like if he 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 didn't go one direction or another, he just stood still and and kept trying things. So I mean, we we've all said like. Hey, if it's his decision to go on with with the, the generation from the World Cup and the Olympics, that's fine. But but come up with a, a decent system that you believe in and let them play that way, you know. Um, and if he goes in the other direction, choosing the talent side, um, come up with something. And 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 he was just at this crossing point and and didn't want to choose. I think that was the main issue. And and. Not only Victoria Pelova, but also other players became a victim uh, from that decision, or rather, not decision making. Um, so I hope Andries Jonker has a more of a clear uh, vision. Um, I also think that that, um, like we said, like if you just compare names, Daniela van der Donk, Victoria Pelova, or Sharita Spitz, or any other, you. you if would you say one is better than the other? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Daniela van der Donk is better. You know, she has mm. more quality. She has more experience. But he kept saying that for months, and he didn't see her play. He he kept telling us like, no, uh, if I uh, Daniela is always welcome here, and she will play. Like he would never hide um, that from us. So that was a bit weird, you know. Then you're not giving anyone really a fair fair chance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, without wishing to drag this too much into an international discussion, when you look at what Serena did with England, I think that was very much, I'm giving you all four or five months, and then I'm making my decision going into the tournament. And and that's the end of it. I'm taking the team in a direction, and some of you will come in that direction, and some of you won't. And It didn't really pay off, did it? Well, yeah. And and I mean, look, you'll know better than even most of our English listeners when Serena makes decisions. Um, that's that's kind of the end of it. And there's almost not really much point in debating them. But well, that I was the swing- thing. Just make them. <laughs> Which decision it is, make it. And we've been like screaming it for months. Like, just make a decision. 
Yeah, yeah. Let let let's swing this back to Victoria Pulova uh, more specifically. Um, how do you you know you you reference she came from uh, Ado Den Haag in in two thousand nineteen when she was eighteen nineteen years old. How do you view her journey um, at Ajax over the last three and a half years? What's what's the difference between the player now to the player that Ajax signed? Yeah, I, I, it went with with ups and downs. I think she, she like I said, she was presented as a big talent which she was and, and maybe still is. but um, um, And so there were really high expectations. And I think uh, from the minute that she realized there were these high expectations and she couldn't rely only on her talent, but she needed to develop herself more as a player, uh, she became a bit scared, um, thinking, oh, am I up for this task? Or, um, you know, that, like I said, do I deserve to be here? To play for Ajax, so it it was like a, a rocky road. Um, but then within two seasons, and like uh, not last season, but the season before that, she was voted Ajax Player of the Year, uh, which was a yeah meant a lot for her. And then uh, last season, I think she had a really good season as well, uh, where she had that she was aiming more for the goal. Uh, she she like I said, she, she worked on her fitness. You could see that. Um, the motivation, uh, the fun in playing. I could see the old moves back where she would just, you know, play a little bit with the ball, play with the defender, you know, tried a few tricks. Um, yeah, she was fun to watch again. And um, I would say maturity as well, but sometimes she's just not that mature. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she she likes to joke around. She likes to get around, and and I'm sure Arsenal is, is a very good team for her. Also, if I look at the players playing there, yeah, yeah, and obviously she already has um, you know a, a relationship of short of, of sorts with uh, Vivian Miedema. But um, I mean that, that that kind of brings me on to quite naturally to what my next question was going to be. I mean, you must have spoken to her quite a bit. Um, over the last few years, what, what's your impression of her as as a character, as a person? Oh, very open. Yeah, the minute she comes walking off the pitch, you, you see if she's happy, if she, if she's not happy, um, if she's unhappy, she she'd still talk to you. Uh, it would be with a really grumpy face, um, and she'll swear in the interview, uh, but she'll just say whatever comes to mind, uh, which is obviously a lot of fun for an interviewer, for journalists. Um, so she's very Dutch then, basically. <laughs> she is very Dutch, yes. Um, I, I, I also like that um, her interests are not only on the pitch. Uh, she likes to be... She's not shy to talk about mental struggles. Um, and she did a study next to her football career. Uh, she's a genius in math. Uh, Applied maths, math. yeah. Yeah, apparently. Um, she used to be Dutch uh, chess, national chess uh, champion. Wow. Um, yeah, and you, I don't know, it, it's, it's fun to talk to her. She's not from the short answers. Well, like me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she always comes up with a good story and yeah, very pleasant and, and nice person. She's nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked about openness about mental health, and that's something we've had from Vivian Miedema very recently. And while Viv has always been open about just about everything, um, you referenced swearing in interviews. I've really missed that since Daniel van der Donk left, because uh, <laughs> nobody else does that. Dan was always brilliant at that. Um, and just just my, my kind of final question then about, about Victoria. How, I mean... It's quite a broad and I guess quite a vague question, but how far do you think she can go? Like, she's arrived at a club like Arsenal at the age of 23. She's in the Netherlands national team and has been, as you referenced, she went to the World Cup when she was 19. Like, we know she's good, but how good do you think she can be? Well, I I believe she can be one of the top midfielders, or you'd say number 10 <laughs> uh, in the world. Um the one thing, like, I mean, I haven't spoken to her now, obviously, but, but um, I just really, really hope that she comes to Arsenal thinking she deserved to be there. And it's not some lucky move or and she's not, not thinking that she's on a school trip or studying abroad or anything like that. No, she needs to set her mind to it and believe that she could be. Uh, one of the best best midfielders in the world, and then I think she can come really, really, really far. Yeah, even though she's twenty three now, which is still incredibly young, she, yeah, she can develop so fast, so fast. So yeah. I, this is, I I really like that she's going to Arsenal. It's a, it's a big move, and uh, yeah, I, I I just hope that she thinks like that as she thinks it like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, of what I've seen just looks like um, an absolutely huge talent. And um, maybe with some of those injuries um, that Arsenal have at the moment, she'll maybe get more game time than she might have if she'd moved in the summer when, uh, uh, sorry, summer 2023, when when I think a move was probably in the offing anyway. But I, I think we're all really looking forward to seeing her. And Anne-Marie, thanks so much um, for your insight as ever. And I'm sure we will have you on the podcast again the next time we sign a Dutch player. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Very many thanks to Anne-Marie. We will have uh, probably another podcast in the next couple of days on another new signing. Um, we'll probably have a few of those. And like I said, uh, we'll have something special uh, coming up next week about the new Arsenal wrap around Emirates Stadium. Uh, so stand by for further details of that. But as always, all of your Arsenal women news, go no further than Ask Blog News because 
We really do have everything. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for downloading. And very, very many thanks again to our uh, very prolific Dutch correspondent, Anne-Marie Postman. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.